the Legion. <sighs> of lethargic super geeks. We aren't picky. If it's sci-fi or fantasy, we'll chat about it. Welcome to the Legion of Lethargic Super Geeks. Um, today, uh, I'm going to introduce you to everyone we have on the panel, and they're going to quickly tell you what they're going to be talking about. I am your host, Alan, and I'm going to be talking about the amazing adventures of Cavalier and Clay, as well as a recent uh, graphic novel adaptation of Dracula. Chip, what are you going to be talking about? Um, I'm going to be talking about Birds of Prey, the emancipation of the fantabulous Harley Quinn. All right. Scotty, what are you going to talk to me about? Uh, I'm going to be talking about the Clone Wars, primarily the TV show. Okay. And Brian, what are you going to talk about? I'm going to talk about Spider-Man, The Darkest Hours by Jim Butcher. It's a novel. Not, it's not a comic. Well, hey, why don't we start with that one, actually? Uh, tell me about, about Spider-Man, The Darkest Hour. So Jim okay. Butcher, you know, because he does The Dresden Files. Exactly. That's the only reason I really even read it. it, it uh, well, I listened to it. It was on Audible. It was on sale. And I thought, ah. I, I, I'd run out of like good, you know, new stuff, and it was uh, it was up for like four bucks. I'm like, well, how bad could it be, right? And because uh, I, I really like you know the Dresden File books, and uh, so I thought, yeah, he probably do Spider Man pretty well. Sure. So um, you know, and I, I guess like most of these novels, it gives you enough sort of past history, and everybody knows enough about Spider-Man that you don't have to have some sort of introduction. You can go in any point in his life, and he, you know enough about what he is and who he is that you can just kind of pick up there. Sure, sure. And uh, so uh, basically, the it, hap- it occurs sometime after he had had some huge battle with, um, and this is where I don't know that much about Spider-Man, I guess, because uh, I don't know all of his like enemies and everything, but I guess he, he fought somebody named Moreland who was kind of like a vampire, uh, but he's not really a vampire. He, but he does feed on people's life energy. Right. Um, and they're uh, from a, a race of people called the ancients and he had defeated him, but that wasn't what this book was about. But, he had a sister, Morgan had a sister and a couple brothers that come to get revenge uh, for him uh, killing Morlin. Um, so huh. that's, that's, uh, th- that's sort of the setup as far as uh, who he's fighting and everything. And no. of course there's, there's a multitude of characters that show up through the whole thing. Um, Dr. Strange shows up in it. Um, uh, Rhino, um, is also uh, both an enemy and also then uh, uh, not really a friend, but they fight together. Uh, Black Cat, um, she she's in it, um, and I, I I guess I didn't realize that at least in the in the novels, um, I guess he dated her. I don't know if he did in the comics or not, but um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna guess he did. I'll, but I'll fill, in, I'll fill in some holes after you after you finish talking. <laughs> okay. But uh, so he, he teams up with her uh, on quite a bit of it. And um, and then there's little things going on in the background where he's a school teacher and he's having to be a basketball coach for us, uh, for uh, uh, to fill in for a coach that has to be on like medical leave. Um, okay. okay. So these are the like little side stories that are right. Uh, yeah. They're, they're just there. They're, they're, I mean, it just kind of shows that, yeah, Spider-Man's a good guy. Peter Parker's a good guy kind of thing. Sure. sure. 
Okay. Well, um, so, so a couple things I'll tell you about, uh, uh, Morlem really quickly. Um, I don't actually know a whole lot about Morlem personally, but I'll tell you what I do know. I know that he was created by J. Michael Straczynski and John Romita. Oh. Okay. Uh, which might explain part of why you liked it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because I know that you're a big, uh, J. Michael Straczynski fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, the other thing that I'll tell you is that um, uh, I don't actually know if Morlin is connected to, to, to Morbius, which is the other vampire character that Spider-Man fights. Um, but uh, I, I don't think so. But no, I, no. I, Hold on. Morlin and his family are the big bads in the Spider-Verse crossover. Okay. Figure out how to travel through the multiverse and start killing all the Spider-Men because they feed off of them. Uh, yeah, and that was the thing. They like to feed on on superheroes who actually represent like a, an animal. Um, so like Spider-Man. That's why they were they went after Rhino, um, Black Cat. Of course, yeah. then you start realizing they're like, oh yeah, everybody in Spider-Man's universe is an animal of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so they, they, for some reason, they wanted to feed on those people as opposed to just people who don't represent like uh, an animal. So, right. well, the, the only reason I was mentioning it is because, you know, they, Sony's got the Morbius movie coming out. Yeah, yeah. What Chip just said, I wonder if uh, more Lum is going to have anything to do with the next uh, Spider Verse movie. I don't know because Morbius was a whole different type of thing because he's kind of like Man Bat, you know. He had like some, he had he took oh, some serum to you know heal himself and it made him you know into a creature like. I mean, I guess they could cross them over in the sense that there's oh, yeah. they're almost kind of like two different types of vampire. Well, um, well what I, what I'm actually saying is I I know that Morbius the Living Vampire is going to be the next Sony movie. Oh right. yeah. yeah, yeah, But but based on what you just said about Morlem, I wonder if he'll be associated with the next animated thing that they're doing. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that would that would make a lot of sense actually. Yeah. Um. So so even if the two characters aren't related at all, it doesn't seem like they really are. Uh, Mor- Morbius was created by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane back in the very very early seventies, and uh, Morlem is uh, is a is a two thousands character based yeah, on a newer creation. So, so anyway, um, but that, that seems like it might provide some symmetry to some of uh, the things that uh, uh, Sony's got up their sleeves these days, but I don't really know. That's just uh, conjecture. Sure. And of course, he never really comes up in it other than like the past description of, and I, the one thing I will say about it, it's a little explainy. You know, wow. there's everything is explained in detail like over and over again. And, um, but yeah, the Moreland story was only referenced over and over again, um, as he's fighting the, the new people. So it's kind of like, well, I defeated him this way. I could do this with them. And of course, of course, it, of course it's not going to work, but, um, <laughs> or it wouldn't be interesting, sure. but, um, but yeah, no, it was, um, it wasn't, it was good. It was, um, it just kind of felt like filler, uh, like between bigger stories. You know, I wonder if um, I wonder if uh, this is a novelization of the J. Michael Straczynski story, or if it is a completely uh, uh, unique story. Um, and then, and then the other thing that I wonder, uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really asking. Uh, and then the other thing that I wonder is, um, uh, 
if uh, if if this is like a, a trend that Marvel's moving down right now in terms of uh, trying to uh, uh, do, do 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 more novels, you know. Well, uh, you know, I looked at this and it, this was released in two thousand six, so oh, okay. it was probably more related to like the when Moreland was, for, I guess, had first been introduced into the into the Marvel universe. So it was probably. I don't know whether there was a book directly that the, where he actually defeats him uh, or if they basically were just referencing the comics and the books are kind of like a little side shot, you know? Sure. sure. Well, they did do, they did a whole series. Like you're right. The book came out 2006 or whatever. It was reprinted in 2009. The audio version just came out like in 2019. Oh, okay. But they did a whole series of books back in the early 2000s. And then they did some stuff like this where they got a different author altogether to do it. And then mm-hmm. some stuff was like novelizations of the Civil War. And that was done by Stuart Moore, Stuart Moore, but it was a novelization of, you know, the Mark Miller story. Right, right, right. Well, the only thing like that, that I've ever read is I read uh, the novelization of The Death of Superman. So did I. <laughs> It was, it was it was very much as Brian just described. There, there was lots of explaining because they, they they had to just to keep you up to. Yeah, but it, but see, like that was great because I had not read any of that, and I saw there's all these comic street. Ooh, there's a novel, and I read the novel, and I needed all that explanation. So it was really actually very enjoyable for me. So it's kind of written for, I guess, people who don't have all that background. Yes, I totally totally agree. Well, so uh, so then the other thing that I'll say uh, real fast, Brian, about Black Cat is, uh, yeah, um, Peter Parker dated, or I guess Spider Man dated Black Cat, uh, like when I, I mean, a long time ago. Um, I know you remember when um, my parents uh, became foster parents to Steve Curtis and Tammy. Yep. Uh, Curtis was reading a Spider Man uh, where the Black Cat was uh what was was like the main chick in the book um back at that point in time and uh and and i even remember the cover had this brilliant cover where spider-man's like about to take off his mask and and uh black cat's like no and you read the book she's like i want to date spider-man i don't want to date whoever you really are (laughs) (laughs) well do you remember in um the ultimate universe when he takes off his mask she's like you're like a little kid get away from me (laughs) That's funny. <laughs> I do remember that. That's good. So, uh, so yeah. Um, so yes, uh, uh, that's awesome. That sounds like a, <clears throat> probably a lot of fun, man. They've made one of these books too for, I know for Thor and they did another one about Thanos. Right. And those are both on audible too. Wow. You know what I don't see is they don't have Kindle versions of them. Do they? They don't for that star Wars. I'm sitting here. I mean, stars. For Spider-Man, I'm sitting here looking to see if any of that's the other. That's kind of surprising. Are. That seems like so easy to yeah, do. Yeah, that's what I mean. I would have figured because uh, a lot of times, if you so like, uh, if you want to get the uh, the Audible book, yeah. um, if you buy the if they got it, if you buy the Kindle book, it's like you know you pay like ten bucks and then they charge you an additional two to five to six bucks for the Audible. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes yeah. it's cheaper to buy the Kindle and to buy and then the then to tack on that extra Audible than just to buy the Audible outright. Then there's that cool whisper sync thing where it keeps yeah. up so you can listen to it and then when you're done and then you want to read, it goes right where you read whatever you read, then the next time you listen to it, it all syncs right. up. Right. 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 
Well, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I really wonder the direction for uh, a lot of big two comics in relationship to this because of, uh, because of the recent uh, uh, DC announcement regarding Dan DiDio. Um, you know, I don't know how many of you have, 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 have read the details of that. Um, but, uh, uh, AT&T is clearly like, uh, throwing a bunch of rumors out into the mill just to see how, just gauge fan reaction. And, Is that the one about DC getting bought by Marvel? Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's one of them. I, I really, I really, really doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, I know that's what I, I thought. I, I figured that was clickbaity when I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I do see it being a possibility that they would um, uh, decide to do away with the publishing arm of, of of DC in favor of maybe licensing the characters to other uh, publishers. Just so that they don't have to deal with it because I don't. I don't think AT and T is stupid enough to to want to lose the intellectual property because of things like the Joker movie and things like that. Right, right. I also, don't think that they, based on a bunch of things I've read, it doesn't sound like they want to continue to be in the business of uh, of actually dealing with the publishing. But it's. I mean, I don't see like I don't see anybody. I mean, I'm sure people would want it, but. Like it's going to be such a mess, like because you know they're not going to let you have Batman. You're not going to go and go. Oh, I'm going to not have Batman and Superman. I can do whatever I want with them. I could print, make a movie, make an audio book. You know, they're like, no, you're. You know, they're going to have so. That is not the way that you get the you get the butcher. That's what you get. What 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 you would get if you license the property for a comic book is you would be able to make a Batman comic book, and it would have to go through the same rigmarole as the people who currently have like the Star Trek license to make a comic book. It would have to right. be sort of a uh, of, uh, of, of filter where there, there's somebody at the, at, at whoever owns Star Trek, Paramount or, or Paramount um, that, uh, that, that, that sitting there going, yes, you can do that. No, you can't do that. Um, Captain Picard looks too ugly. So you have to redraw him, all those kinds of things. Seems like that'd be more work. Yes. It well, would. And then also like, there's no way Marvel's going to buy him right now because you know, the head of Disney just, they just changed CEOs and everything else. And I mean, they got their hands full with everything else. I can't see them taking that on too. Right. And also Warner Brothers, they just got movies coming out. They're not going to give that stuff up. Well, see, see that they wouldn't be giving that up. That's what I'm trying to communicate to you is oh. that they, if, if they, if AT&T who currently owns DC comics, were to license out someone's ability to make a comic book version of their stuff, they would not in any way lose rights to TV shows and movies and all that kind of stuff. They, all they would be doing is giving someone else the rights to temporarily make comic books about those characters. Wouldn't Jim Lee just spin it off and just take it and do that on his own? Uh, if he had enough money to license them, maybe he would. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he have his own, like his own publishing no, Wildstorm he is the publisher that, of DC Comics. Uh, Wild, Wildstorm was bought by DC, so anybody who licensed the DC stuff would get Wildstorm properties as well. Assuming oh, okay. hmm. so he sold Wild, Wildstorm to DC twenty years ago. Okay, so that he could, event, you know, so he could get into the corporate DC right. world and right, because that's what he wanted from the get go. So right, right. So anyway. Um, bizarreness uh okay so uh scotty i want to go to you next tell me about clone wars uh clone wars so um i what happened is um on the disney uh, plus app 
they are uh, releasing uh, a season seven. Okay. Uh, so I thought, hey, I'll just go back and watch. I'd watched the other seasons uh, before, but it had been a long time. And so I thought, I'll just go back and watch season six and uh, maybe not even the whole thing just because, you know, I'd seen it before, but just sort of get me back in the swing of things. Well, anyway, um, I've been enjoying season six again so much. I've just, I haven't, I'm going to wait till I finish it all the way through before I watch season uh, seven. Um, but, uh, but season six was actually supposed to be the last one. In fact, it's funny when you go and look on the splash screen, it says the clone wars season six, the final season. And then, uh, but now, you know, so now there's going to be a season seven, which I think is going to be 12 episodes. I think that's what it is. Okay. Um, and there's two out, um, Season six has a lot to do with um, uh, uh, it kind of ties into Revenge of the Sith. Uh, some of the things it talks about where it's, it, it talks a lot about where the clones come from. And there's a chip that's in them. There's an order that's been, you know, there's a plot. I don't want to you know spoiler alerts, but um, it, you know, I found uh, I've found the Clone Wars to be really good all the way through. Okay. Um, they ran they ran them out of order, uh, which was a little weird. Um, and there's definitely an up and down to it. But like the fifth and the sixth season, they would do story arcs where they would have like a, you know, it would be three episodes or four episodes, and it would be a complete story. Um, but uh, the movie, not so much. But the TV shows have actually really liked. Huh. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's uh, watching it, but they've, they've, they did well. Well, the, um, you know, I have never watched the, uh, the 3d clone wars. I, I watched the, uh, the 2d animated version of it that, that, that isn't actually even in, um, the seasons that you're referring to. Uh, yeah, the, you're talking about the movie itself. The, there's the, no, no, there was a, there was a clone wars television series that was, uh, done by the guys who made samurai Jack. Back in right two thousand ish. Hold it's on, the same I remember, thing. I I remember watching a Clone Wars, and it was like I guess it was season one, and it took place between um, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Right. So right. if you did, that, if you watched that, you knew who General Grievous was. Right. That, that's that's what I'm talking talked, about. The same thing. You knew how. Anakin got his scar on his face. All of that stuff happened in Clone Wars. And I guess that was that season one, or was that like a one-off thing they just did? Because I remember it being episodic. Well, so the cart- so so this is why it's so confusing. The cartoon that I'm referring to is called The Clone Wars. It's a two, you can get it right now as a two-volume DVD or, or Blu-ray set. Um, it was directed by uh, Jenny Tartkovsky, if I'm saying the name right. Um, yeah, I think that's different. And it was, yeah, it, w- it wasn't the same thing. And it was the same thing. I think, it was I think, I, yeah, they, it was, I don't understand why they, they did all that except just trying to make as much money as possible. Well, no, what, what I really think happened was, um, okay. So this was a micro series. I don't remember how many episodes, but it was like uh 10 or 20 or something. And, uh, uh, and, and, and the bottom line, the reason that I think that they, uh, decided, ultimately to to never speak of it again uh is because lucas wasn't in direct control of it 
you know, this is, you know, George Lucas is famously like a control freak. Right. And, uh, he, he had, he had turned it over to someone else to make. And I think ultimately he hated it, but I thought that it was far superior to the one, to, to the like four or five episodes of the 3d version that I watched when it first came out. I never even bothered to finish watching it. I hear that it got really good and became, uh, I like, uh, this, this wonderful series that Scotty's talking about now, but I, I haven't watched it just because I have such a, a, a fond connection with the 2d version that the samurai Jack guy made. And who was the, what's the samurai Jack guy's name? Um, I don't know, but the director that I'm, the, the, the I think this is him, but I'm not positive. Uh, I'm, I looked up uh, the Clone Wars that I'm talking about on Amazon, and it was directed by Ginny Tartakovsky. G- okay, okay. So I'm looking at that one. So that one was yeah, that was came out in 2003. Looks like it was three yeah. seasons, and they were all three to five minutes or twelve to fifteen yep. minutes long. Yep. But those actually came out between movies. They came out right before they released the the next set of movies. Okay. Okay, the so these movie. are the ones I saw. That's then. the one you were talking about. That's yeah. the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that was the that was like the filler in between <laughs> the two movies. Like, there's right. information in these that you have to know to understand the next right. movie. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, now that I've seen the cover, that's right. Those are not think- plus, and they they have never made like a downloadable version of these at all. You have to have the DVDs to watch them. I actually have one. I've only watched them once, though, because I didn't think they were that great. But <laughs> fair enough, sure. I watched I'm, them. Either, I'm like a friend of mine had them on a disc, and he gave them to me. And he's like, and I guess it was season one and two, or I don't know what. But he's like, you have to watch this before we go see the next movie. Right, right. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this would have all not made sense had I not seen these. That's funny. Well, so well, so Scotty, going back to the the ones that you're talking about, though, the 3D versions. So, um, so they're all on Disney Plus now. They are. So the first ones were Cartoon Network, uh, and then there was a season that was done, and it they were released originally on like a German TV show or something. I mean, TV channel, and then it got then it was put on Netflix. I see. But they ha- they were really I mean when they were on Cartoon Network that was like the highest rated show on Cartoon Network for a while. But it w- the thing I remember and I don't remember I'll probably go back and, re- and rewatch the whole thing. What I rem- in my mem- what I do remember was that I they they would be really good and then it would suck again. It had some <laughs> high points and some low points, and it seemed like when Lucas would get out of it they would get better and then he would come back and they would kind of start to go down the, the crapper. Um, but, um, yeah, that's just kind of how I remember. I remember there were some highs and lows to it. Um, but, and it's actually, it's actually, yeah. I I mean, uh, I, I, I'm not sure that I think it's as good as, um, uh, Oh shit. What's the other, uh, not Rebels. Rebels. What's the Rebels. other one? Oh, yeah, but wasn't there another one? Um, the new one. Um, it's on Disney Plus. My kids watched it. They loved it. I didn't care for it. Yeah, what was the? Uh, I don't know. Everything's it, good. The it one takes with place uh, in modern times. It takes well in uh, around the time of um, Rise of the Skywalker. Okay. It's like, hold on. Yeah. I'll see what it's called? It's um, <laughs> yeah, because there's Rebels. There's um, yeah. Jeez, 
I can't remember what it is. It's okay. It's okay. So, 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 uh, is it, was there a particular storyline that you really liked that you've seen from it or is there? No, I mean, like I said, I just, uh, there oh, are, resistance. um, resistance. That's it. Yeah. Rebels is the good one. Resistance is the, um, no, I mean, I just, like I said, I, I, I've been wanting to watch the new ones when they're coming out. Sure. But I thought I would watch part of six just to sort of get back into the swing of things. Sure. And I've only watched that first storyline. Uh, I do like how it is. It is tied into the greater sort of, you know, the bigger. There are, I think it's done more for Star Wars fans because you kind of have to know. Uh, I was just thinking of watching it, how uh, it, it's much more for the fandom. You have to know a little bit more about Star Wars. And it's a little bit more in depth than the than the last trilogy, okay. you know. Um, so I, I just yeah. Well, I know that I know I know that Darth Maul comes back in it, right? I know, I know even that, Rebels, and I know that you get to know a lot of the other Jedi from the Council in it, right? Um, but outside of that, I don't I don't know that much. So so for someone like me, would you recommend I watch it? I think so. I mean, like I said, I don't know. Uh, you could certainly pick up and start watching season six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I remember right, I remember liking season five as well. What I don't remember is which seasons. Uh, yeah, there's certainly an up and down. There's an ebb and flow to it. There's an up and down on, All right, on here's some real, of them. Here's a real question. How's the music in it? Are they, are they ripping mm-hmm. off John Williams or are they putting some? No, it, it's kind of a mix. <laughs> it's, it's a, the music's a, all right, all right, cool. It's cartoon but music. I, yeah, it's cartoon music. Although I do, well, I may get in trouble here, but I do think having asked that, it doesn't stick out as annoying me like some of it does on, uh, like in the trilogy. There okay. was some stuff in there that I was like, well, that's kind of, I didn't like the way they used them. There was a lot, not a lot about the trilogy, not to, sure. the newest one, but okay. I didn't like the way they used some of the music in that. Okay, okay, interesting um okay well i'm gonna uh i'm gonna i'm gonna move on just so that uh we get we get everybody in here do but, it uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna go to me next because i want to end with chips thing um so i um i read uh i read this book called the amazing adventures of cavalier and clay has anybody else in the room read it uh-uh. no michael shabon okay so um i'm going to highly recommend it it's super long but it is on Audible, so 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 if you if you, if, it, if it comes up for you, I really really recommend it. Here's what it is. Do you guys remember that comic book we read a long time ago? My, yeah. Yep. Uh, called the Escapist. Yep. Yes. Okay. The, the, this is the story of of the Golden Age Escapist. Like we read we read about like these guys who are trying to like re restart the Escapist, and in, in modern day, it was written by uh, Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah, the, I really enjoyed it. This is the novel that that comic book was written as like a sequel to. So, so the escapist was a real comic that he was using. I thought it was something he just made up for that. Yeah. So, so I, don't, I actually don't know if the escapist was a real comic. What I know is that this book predates that comic book. And, uh, and actually Roy gave me this book to read forever ago. And I just never bothered to because I didn't, it's huge and I didn't have time but I finally got it on audible recently and, um, uh, 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 and yes, it's unquestionably that character from that comic book. So I'm, 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 I'm making an educated guess that the comic book 
is is a sequel, whether official or unofficial, to this novel by Michael Chabon. And and I don't know if the Michael Chabon thing is is about a real character from the Golden Age called the Escapist or not. I kind of doubt it, based on how complex the character is when they're making him up. Um, the the but but the really really interesting thing about the novel is that they. Um, uh, there's a, there's a kid who, um, it, it takes place in the golden age of comics, like right after, uh, Superman and Batman come out, you know, so 1938 ish, I guess. And, um, uh, there is a kid who, who lives in New York and, uh, his cousin from Germany, who's, who's a Jewish kid, like barely escapes with his life by basically like, uh, 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 getting in a getting uh uh he he and his friends make a uh life life size uh statue of a golem and he hides in it in order to get out of germany and um and so anyway he 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 had two things going for him uh when he was in germany number one was he thought he was going to be a magician so like he learned how to do all the stuff including you know some escape artist stuff but um, he messed up with one of the escape artist things and it like really, really messed him up physically. So like he could, he couldn't do it anymore. Um, but uh, as a kid, I mean, and then, um, and then he also, so because of that, he went, he, he went to like an art school there uh, near wherever he was living. And um, so when he gets to America, he meets his cousin and his cousin wants to, uh, do comics, but doesn't really have the the appropriate art skills. And then he sees uh, the German kid drawing, and he gets this idea that they should they should make this comic book. And he goes to his boss, who's uh, who's paying astronomical amounts of money to do to put ads inside Action Comics, and says, "Hey, why don't we make up our own version of Superman?" And then they're off to the races. And that that's pretty much what the novel is about. It's it was it was really really enjoyable, and and when in a lot of places I had. I did not expect. And apparently it's a classic, you know, uh, it's, it has amazing reviews on, uh, on, on, uh, Goodreads and, and, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those that, uh, that, that apparently like is, is much beloved. And I had never heard of it until Roy handed me a copy. Huh. Well, how long is long? 700 pages. How, yeah, that's, that's long. How yeah. many? 700 pages or something. Oh, 700. That's all right. That's yeah. not, I said 10 hundred. That's not even, that's not even the stand. Pre not, I know. <laughs> not even, <laughs> not, there's that's like not the even, Bible like, war and peace in the stand. It's, it's like 23 or 24 hours of, of, of audio. Oh, that's half of, uh, one of the, uh, game Dude, of half of Dune. come on. <laughs> no, it's not half a Dune, but it's half of one of the uh, of, uh, of Game of Thrones books. All right, so here it is. Here it is on uh, on on Goodreads. It's uh, actually it's only six hundred and thirty nine pages. It came out in two thousand one. There you go. Yeah, and I knew I knew this guy's name. He wrote um, Wonder Boys, which was that movie with uh, Michael Douglas and all them in it. Okay, cool. Really? Yeah, and it was okay. So, so anyway, there you go. Eventually, that sounds good. I'm going to, I'll probably get that on audible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I highly, highly recommend it. And then the, uh, the, the book, the other thing that I wanted to, uh, to mention sort of in passing for those of you who are, uh, parents is, um, uh, there's this, there's this, uh, uh, artist I've been, I've been following for, for a number of years <clears throat> named Ben Caldwell. 
And uh, Ben Caldwell, uh, I, he, he came to my attention uh, back when uh, DC was doing Wednesday comics. Do you guys remember Wednesday comics? Yes, I have them. Okay, so so Wednesday Comics was this thing that uh, DC did where they were they were doing like full page paper size uh, uh, comic strips, and so 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 you'd go to the comic book store on Wednesday and you'd pick up like uh, something that looked like the size of a newspaper and it would have you know twenty or thirty one page comics in them uh, that were you know uh, seventeen by eleven or whatever, and. Um, uh, and uh, a bunch of really, really interesting uh, creators got involved with this. Like, uh, like Gaiman did a uh, did a version of uh, Metamorpho for 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 a number of weeks in this. Yeah, the pairings were really interesting. In yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, anyway, uh, there there was uh, the Wonder Woman story in Wednesday Comics was drawn by this guy Ben Caldwell, and he has a, he has a fairly cartoonish style, but. Um, uh, but I thought his stuff worked really, really well in, in that particular uh, series. And uh, so I, I'd never heard of him before. And so I just kept trying to catch up with other things that he did. Well, um, after, after Wonder Woman, wow. he just did a handful of, uh, he mostly just did a handful of, uh, what do you call them? Um, how to kind of books. Like there's a great book he wrote about uh, uh, how to draw fantasy characters or something. Uh, things like that. Anyway, he just recently um, uh, put put out a couple of uh, of graphic novels that are like classic books, that, but 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 with him having drawn them. And uh, the one that I'm holding in my hand right now is is basically uh, his adaptation of Dracula, and uh, he did a version of uh, of uh, the Wizard of Oz, and both of them are just breathtakingly beautiful and and uh, the 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 illustration in them even even though it's it's cartoony it's it is it is to be adored like he really really understands you know composition and movement and they're just they're they're just both of those that i'm telling you about are just as beautiful as they can possibly be and uh, i highly recommend them like i say they're they're really designed for uh uh for kids under the age of 13 but um, but especially that Dracula man, I, I I would really recommend checking it out. So there you go. There you go. I'm looking at his Wonder Woman right now, and it that's it's pretty cool stuff. It is. It is. It's dense though. God, it's a lot of words. Yeah, yeah. He he. So so he had eleven. Uh, his 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 Wonder Woman pages are on eleven by seventeen. I don't think he has a single panel in there that's bigger than a couple inches. It's like yeah. it's like thirty panels a page or something. Well, like I have the, um, I have the. They put it all in a like a hardback. Yes. The Wednesday comics, right? And it's about half the size of the original. It's still a huge book. Yeah. Right. Right. But even yeah, and in that, it's even it's even tighter. So uh, so by the way, for the rest of you, I scanned my copy of Wednesday comics when I was going to uh, Hong Kong. So if you want to see it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind saying it. So anyway, there you go. All right, Chip, tell me about Birds yeah. of Prey. Okay. Um, yeah, so I went and saw Birds of Prey, also known as Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, also known as Harley Quinn, semicolon, Birds of Prey, or simply Birds of Prey. <laughs> um, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was fun. 
Um, it kind of had a whole kind of a Deadpool feel to it. Okay. Because um, there was a lot of breaking the fourth wall. There's a lot of jumping around, um, a lot of cartoonish violence. Is it rated R? Um, I think it is. I think uh, it is. Yeah, I think it is too. It just seems like the new thing in comic movies. So. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm and, right now. I'm I'm on the Wikipedia, but it doesn't tell me what the rating is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was fun. It had it had a couple really interesting castings in it, especially this guy. Did anybody ever watch um, the Mindy Project? No. Or Newsroom. Yes. Okay, you watch Newsroom. Yes. Okay, so the guy who played like the head of the network, who was Jane Fonda's son in the that character in the movie okay he's a very straight guy he does a little bit of comedy um in this his hair's dyed blonde and he's like a total psycho okay it is psycho gay yeah, lover that's right of, um of uh the black mass character okay <laughs> and it you don't even realize it's him and then you realize you see it's him and you're like oh wow that's like a very you know this is a real different role for him but it was really good. Hmm. Um, I would give it. It is rated R. Yep. Yeah. I'd give it three out of five. Okay. Okay. So um, uh, I'm I'm looking at it on IMDb. I to be honest with you, I had no interest in going to see it at the theater. I figured I would check it when it got home video. Um, the 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 casting decision that I questioned the most is Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I always like I remember Renee Montoya as the question. Yes. Uh, with the whole Batgirl, <laughs> Batwoman thing, wasn't she in that Detective Comics Batwoman? She, she is supposed to be Batwoman's like main squeeze girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, in this, she's Ali. Ali Long plays the uh, Ali Wong. Plays like the DA or something, and they're they're ex they're exes. So, right. um, but um, I'm trying to think. I mean, what else? Ask me some questions. You always have questions for everybody. Okay. Alan. Come on. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, for, first of all, did you ever read the Birds of Prey comic book? Um, I did read. I vaguely remember reading one of them, and I didn't think much of it, to be honest with you. Okay, so so um. I okay. Before I talk, tell you what I think about it, um, tell me about. Uh, t- t- so, so what I'm trying to get down to is how much of the, of it did they take from the comic, or did they just uh, go for broke? So, so, so in the comic book, um, the birds of prey themselves are sort of organized by Oracle. Did they have anything like that going on? No, no. The bird. Okay, so and then all of the birds of prey are a little bit different. Like it's Black Canary's daughter. And she only uses her powers once at the very, very end. Like she doesn't even hack. So, so that that's actually true in the comic book too. Uh, oh, okay. so for those of you, uh, I got to tell you this because it's the it is like the creepiest origin story in comics is is Black Canary that I'm sure none of you know. Um, so so here's the deal with Black Canary. Black Canary was a golden age character. So she existed on Earth two before the crisis. Well. About a decade before the crisis, they wanted to move her over to one so she could be like a normal character. So they, 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 they made it look like she just like 
came over and that was the end of it. But that got retconned in the late seventies that, um, uh, the original black canary, um, uh, had a daughter that she had to put into suspended animation. And when she went to, uh, when, when she, when she tried to cross over, uh, she ended up dying and basically they took all of her memories and stuck it in the body of the daughter and, uh, and, 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 and tried to pull it off. Like, uh, like, like it was the same character and like, didn't even tell her. Right. So that's how the retcon worked. So the coolest thing about the retcon from a creepy, this could only happen in the seventies perspective is that part of the reason she was coming to earth one was because she had a thing for, uh, Ollie queen. So basically Ollie had a thing with the mom and then with the daughter when she got to earth one. Nice. There you go. That is pretty seventies. It's like a, it's like a DC key party. <laughs> yeah. so, so anyway, technically the black canary that's in the books right now is the daughter of the original black canary. So they're, 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 okay. okay. Well, so, this is a little different than that. I mean, like I said, you know, she didn't even have, she didn't even show her powers until the very end. Right. Right. Um, and then, um, Renee Montoya is just from, she's just the cop. Right. Um, and then they keep, they keep going on about, um, the huntress. Yep. And she is a mob boss's kid and everybody was killed with her and she's getting revenge. Yeah. That's that, that, that is the earth one origin of the huntress as opposed to the earth two origin of the huntress where she is Batman and Catwoman's daughter. Daughter. Right. And it's really funny cause they kept, they kept referring to her as a crossbow killer. And she's like, I'm the Huntress. And they're like, oh, you mean the crossbow killer? It's like, no, I'm the Huntress. So that goes back and forth. That's that's kind of funny. Um, but the majority of the movie is about Harley Quinn and all the stuff she's up to and everything else. Right. And then, um, uh, and then they all kind of come together around her. They, you know, beat the bad guy and everything's great. And then... Harley and the girl who who in the comics was playing Batgirl, yeah. Cassandra Kane. Yeah, they they run away from them. The birds of prey go on to become the birds of prey, and the two of them go off and do their own thing. They had Cassandra Kane in this movie, really. The the it's the name only. It's not like I did not know until I was looking up at Wikipedia wow. that that was the person who was the new Bat. Back. Well, she, she was the new Batgirl like a long time ago, and they, they, they like totally brought Barbara Gordon back because like there were there were a bunch of people who felt that uh, Barbara Gordon needed to to be Batgirl again. Well, they also wanted to kind of since all the crap started with Killing Joke, they kind of wanted to bring her back anyway, didn't they? Well, the, the Killing Joke uh, uh, cartoon happened after they brought right. Oh yeah, girl yeah. back, and that was that was actually part of the that was part of the. The, the controversy um yeah i mean uh i don't know i th- actually think that uh that uh, uh dan didio trying to simplify all the characters and get them back to like their simple simplest distilled form is, is partially why i think he eventually got fired you know i'll go on well, I, mean, to, I mean to go back to the whole the dio thing one of the things i read was that he wanted to reboot everybody and again for the sixth time since he's been, but like totally reboot him. Like they would be actually different people. And Scott Snyder was like, I don't want my Batman characters involved in this. And then also people were saying that Warner brothers was like, 
wait a minute, we are going to spend all this money and release a Bruce Wayne Batman, and you're telling me the Batman in the comics is going to be African-American after this? That's not going to match up. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I think that... Uh, uh, okay, so first of all, that was the idea for the New 52, was that they were going to relaunch and, and start everything over from scratch. That was also the idea for uh, what was supposed to happen post and uh, uh, was supposed to happen with what? Supposed to happen post infinite crisis. It was supposed oh, okay. to happen after convergence. It was supposed to happen after um, uh, rebirth. And uh, and he, he it's it's basically like his one card he keeps, he kept playing the entire time he was there. You know, was hey we're, let's let's just relaunch everything and start over because because basically he was trying to get. Um, sales and anytime that he did something new the sales would pick up for you know two or three six months or whatever and then they would die off they'd fall back down and and so you know he, he kept thinking the secret was it seems to me anyway reboot. he kept thinking the secret was reboot when i think that i think that the uh i, I think i think the secret sauce there was more like uh Hey, come up with a fresh take on on the comics. And one of the things that he wasn't doing with any of the reboots was hold on one second. Switching who was actually you know writing and drawing the comics. He would like leave the same creative teams on the same books after reboots and just make them do a new version. It was very strange. So anyway, um, yeah, I uh, well, so uh, I am looking forward to seeing that when it comes out on the. Uh, uh, on 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 iTunes or Netflix or something, but I'm not sure I, I care too much outside of that. Anybody else, Brian? Are you going to go see Birds of Prey or Chip? I mean, or no, Scott? no I'm going to wait for it to come out on video. No. Yeah, it it didn't. It, that you know, I remember when I saw the first couple of trailers, it just did not seem. Did any of you just go see Joker? Interesting. I did not see Joker. Did anybody else? No. No, I have. It's actually on my short list. I, I may so actually it, watch it tonight. They made me so mad with the whole. Oh, we're going to nominate Joker for all of these. Um, uh, we're going to nominate the Joker for Academy Awards and stuff because you know it's a different kind of superhero movie. And I'm like, it's not a fucking superhero movie. That's He's what I've heard. Guy. There's no superhero in it, and I hate, hate, hate Joaquin Phoenix. all that out if you want but i can't it's okay uh i I have heard over and over again that joker is basically uh just those two martin scorsese movies uh uh, yeah we like we talked about before king of comedy and a taxi driver yeah so so i'm I'm actually planning to watch joker but what i really want to do is sit down and watch Taxi Driver and King of Comedy before I- and before that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I've heard that the uh, uh, the Bruce Wayne uh, scene was totally felt like it was shoehorned in. Oh, I I I don't I don't know. Because like I said, I don't, I don't even know what the plot of uh, of Joker is other than other than it has something to do with mental illness. And I know he a lot. Get, of- and he gets snubbed. Um, right. And which is the King of Comedy connection? I think. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it, uh, uh, to, to checking those out. And I'm, in, in all honesty, I'm even looking forward to seeing Birds of Prey when it hits, uh, when it hits Netflix or something because it's, it's fun. It's definitely fun. fun. Like it's I kind of felt like they just made it because of Harley Quinn, though, because she was the only part yeah. that really came out of the, the uh, what was it, the, the 
the movie Suicide that came Squad? out with her. Suicide what was that? Squad. Suicide, Suicide Squad. You no, mean I'm actually, you I'm think they're going to make a movie of Captain Boomerang? I mean, I thought <laughs> it was so right, right. So, so she, she, she was the best part about that movie, which isn't hard because there wasn't very much about that movie. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. it was bad. But I'm actually looking forward to the second one, man. Uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Gone? He's making the James second. Gone. James Gunn is making the next uh, Suicide Squad. They just uh, finished uh, filming. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I, he. I, yeah, because since he did it, I'll go see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the only reason I'll go see it. But I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that you know. They, they let him have his vision and, and, and it's actually going to work, you know, because well, at the comic, at the comic thing, there's this one guy who comes around who works, he does pyrotechnics and stuff for a lot of the movies. Yeah. And he told me that the beginning of the suicide, the new suicide Squad that they were filming and um, like, basically they're at that bow of that prison that they're all at the prison in uh, Louisiana. Sure. And the beginning of the movie, it blows up and like kills almost all of the characters from the first movie. <laughs> and so then they're dealing with all new. Bad That's actually a trope in the comic. That, well, then, I mean, that, that might be something they're going with. To blow up nearly all of them, right? Well, they, they're the suicide. But what I thought was interesting was I did not realize until I read that New Frontier that there was an actual Suicide Squad in like the golden or silver age that was like Rick flag and his team. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that either. I don't, I don't think I yeah. remember that. From. They were also called uh unit X or something like oh, that. I remember that. Okay. I didn't realize that was the suicide squad. Okay. That was also, they were also referred to, I think if I'm right, the, they sure. were also referred to as a suicide squad. Uh, yeah, they, I thought, they, uh, go ahead. I thought you were going to say Rick flair for a second. <laughs> that would make it a whole other kind of comedy. Yeah. Brian, what were you going right. to say? Well, they did. They did the Suicide Squad in the Arrowverse, and it was okay. Um, but that was, you know, they were keeping like all these people that like, air, like uh, Green Arrow and all these other people had like gotten locked up, and you know they were in a, a government jail. And I'm sure it's the same, basically same yeah, story. They were, and everything. They were trying on, on the Arrowverse. They were gonna put together the Suicide Squad, and I mean, and they kind of halfway got there. And then the bigger people at DC found or figured out they were doing it and made them stop. Oh, okay. Well, they 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 kind of like, did it. They 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 actually got it. They released a bunch of people from jail. Maybe they just didn't call them the Suicide Squad then. But I always thought that's what they were. Basically, well, no, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to like beat them to it. Oh, okay. And they're like, no, no, no. You got it. You're not doing this. Okay. We've invested way too much money in this for you to do this. Well, I had you know. Uh, in addition to all of that, I will say this: the original Birds of the Prey, Birds of Prey TV series from was like, fantastic. Was 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 horrible. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that the 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 the, the it's one on the DC app, if you want to watch it, yeah. That's great. Uh, but I thought that the woman who played uh, the Huntress was 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 fairly attractive. Oh yeah, she's she's in the movie somewhere. I think they were talking about Ashley. Um, Ashley Scott was. Oh, and at the very end of the movie, like if you stay to the very end, it's not a scene, it's just her talking. Uh-huh. And it's in reference to um, the Harley Quinn cartoon on DC Universe. <laughs> right. okay. So they tied the two together, which is unusual, but she's like, hey, oh, you guys. Oh, really? Around. Yeah, she's like, hey, you guys, you stuck around. Let me tell you a little secret. And she goes, something about, uh, oh, and then she goes, you know what? Batman, 
he and she's gonna and they cut it right when she goes that but he's gonna say he fucks bats because that's the joke whenever they run into bat and they're like hey bat fucker what's going on oh i see i see well um well on you know ashley scott was actually on uh a couple episodes of the flash that's right the girl the lady who played birds of prey was in um final crisis yep she played her character like one of the, the huntress the worlds that gets destroyed she is the huntress right 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 that's what it was not in the movie but in yeah okay okay cool um did but, you, yeah, the original oh, suicide squad was in 1955 okay 1959 was when it debuted okay so i'll tell you i'll tell you this last bit of harley quinn trivia and then i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna let it go um so i found out recently that the so so harley quinn from the batman animated series uh tv show but the current incarnation of harley quinn is um which was which was basically developed by um what's her name uh Connolly, amanda connor yeah, Amanda Connor. Um, she's basically been basing what she does with Harley Quinn on an old Playboy comic strip called Annie Fanny. Oh, really? Yes. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I I I googled it and, and checked out some Annie Fanny, and I'm like, oh, this is totally Harley Quinn is now. That's really fun. So, so that's why it's so uh, family friendly. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I watched the first. I watched the first three, and the first one, I was like, "Huh." Is, uh, <laughs> oh, the, the Harley Quinn cartoons—they're great. Yes. they're hilarious. They're funny. They're funny. Alan Tudyk is the voice of. Uh, <laughs> he's the voice of Joker, and he's so freaking mean to her. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>